0: shalom i'm roots metals hello i'm neurotic jewish gay as two jews on the internet we are bombarded with anti-semitism constantly so we've learned to cope with it how we know best with humor yeah
1: so we think we're pretty funny and we wanted to share our conversations with you welcome to our podcast (laughs) we want to talk shit
0: Today we're talking shit about the Intifada. Yep. Yeah. The Intifada. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so, I feel like, first of all, we need to say that today is March 31st, 2022. Yeah. Because, as always, uh, this is a developing situation.
1: It yeah, it is. Um,
0: 8, 10, so yeah. EST. 5, <laughs> um, uh P.S.T. (laughs) I I I forgot what time zone I'm in.
1: (laughs) We thought this would be a good idea to talk about because one, you know, venting in the diaspora is a different experience. And two, I am Gen Z. Roots is a millennial. Yes, I I am. She is. I (laughs) don't remember much about the Intervada. Um, I'm also not from Israel, and yeah, I thought it would be good to, you know, talk about it if I have questions for Roots. She's pretty familiar with it, so I will hand it over to Roots.
0: I do want to say we had another topic in mind and then things happened, as is often the case in the world of Mm -hmm. Jews. Um, That is... (laughs) So I think I want to just kind of like first review what's been going on. Um, Mm -hmm. There's been a recent wave of ISIS-inspired terrorism in Israel. Eleven people have been killed in the past week, and it's just not looking good. In the meantime, there's uh, protests most recently in New York City yesterday with people, I guess, on the left who are pro-Palestine people, I guess, chanting to globalize the Intifada. And we want to talk about that because I don't know if, like, even if I give these people the benefit of the doubt, which would be the majority of them have no idea what they're saying, It doesn't mean that it's not dangerous. And if they do know what they're saying, they're chanting for Jews to get murdered worldwide. So that's even worse, I guess.
1: So this particular group, I know, has, you know, said before, like, globalize the Intifada every inch of Palestine by any means necessary. They've also praised terrorists they chanted for you know the six prisoners from last year to all be freed and cheered them on when they escaped from prison i don't think i know we want to give them the benefit of the doubt
0: i think that the people leading these chants absolutely know what yeah. they're
1: saying but I That's do think,
0: i think that like there's western uh people who, you know, like, not even Palestinian people, just mm-hmm. white people in the U.S. Yeah. that are just trying to be activists or trying to do, like, the socially, quote-unquote, just thing to do. Um, yeah. And it's... I feel like it's all optics. Like, they just want to look... You're absolutely right. They um, just... Yeah, because they don't know what the fuck they're saying. Um, if they actually knew what they were talking about, they would know very well that the second intifada was not only like horribly traumatic for israelis but it like exponentially worsened the living conditions of palestinians um and yeah, yeah i can't even imagine what a third one would do um yeah so Yep. that's, that's-
1: yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right, and it's important to distinguish the leaders from the followers, I guess, if that's, like, the good term, that's the correct term.
0: Totally, um, but at the same time, I think it doesn't even, like, it, they're putting this message out there, even if they don't know what the fuck they're saying, it's a dangerous message, right. and there's they're dangerous adults. people that are yeah. listening to it, people that will quite literally take the message to heart and do what they're being asked to do, do, which is kill Jews. No, you're right.
1: Yeah. I think that, no, that's true. They're not children. Like, they're adults. They need to, especially ones with big platforms, they need to understand Mm -hmm. what they're talking about and um, what they're chanting for. And unfortunately, I don't think anyone or, like, at least many people are going to pay attention to this until it's too late.
0: I hate to say
1: that, but, you know, it is what it is.
0: I was feeling super pessimistic today because I was just thinking, you know, these are the people that are, like, mentioned Holocaust Remembrance Day. And I'm like, well, you were 80 years too late for that. So is it going to be, like, another 80 years for you to, like, be like, oh, shit, like, maybe this wasn't good, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, no, you're right. It's fucking scary.
0: I feel like um maybe I should just go into like a little overview of the Intifada, just so Yeah. Yeah. So basically, what was this, the second Intifada, also known as the Al Aqsa Intifada? Let's backtrack a little bit. In nineteen ninety-three and later in nineteen ninety-five, um, the Israeli and Palestinian leaders with uh, the U.S. brokering um, signed the Oslo Accords, which basically were meant to create a pathway to, number one, creating a Palestinian government, and number two, the eventual disengagement of Israel from the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. In 1995, the Israeli Prime Minister was assassinated by a Jewish extremist, but the Technically, the negotiations continued, even though this was, there was still a lot of violence on the ground. And in fact, after signing the Oslo Accords, the violence got worse, but um, like the same year. But the negotiations continued. And then in 2000, uh, Bill Clinton, Ehud Barak, and Yasser Arafat met. um, Those are Israeli and palestinian leader met um, at the camp david summit to try to continue talking about this whole situation the summit was a colossal failure uh, basically the israeli prime minister gave the most generous quote-unquote offer to the palestinians to date um, he offered 92% of the West Bank, 100% of the Gaza Strip, land swaps to make up for the remaining 8% of the West Bank that would remain part of Israeli territory. And um, most shockingly, he offered uh, the Palestinians East Jerusalem, which was completely unheard of because up until then, uh, Israel had been like Jerusalem is the undivided capital of Israel. He also offered, uh, the Palestinians custodianship of Temple Mount. Um, so not like full control, but sort of, uh, as a reminder, Temple Mount is the holiest site in Judaism and the third holiest site in Islam. Sorry to chime in. Is that where you see the, the dome when
1: you're, when you picture Jerusalem? Yeah. And where is the, just out of curiosity, where is the, um, wall in all this? Where's the Western wall? I just like
0: so. Temple Mount is where the temple was. Uh, the Western Wall is the wall around like the Mount of the Temple, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is like the closest Jews can generally get to the Temple Mount. Um, because of the security situation, Jews aren't allowed to just like freely go into the Temple Mount. Uh, Muslims mm-hmm. do go to Temple Mount because that's where the Al-Aqsa um, Mosque is. Um, so anyways, what we were saying, the Israeli prime minister offered, uh, the Palestinians custodianship of Temple Mount, and he also offered the right of return of Palestinian refugees to the Palestinian territories, but not into Israel proper. So essentially, territories that were going to be part of a Palestinian state they could go there but territories that were uh within the israeli state no if that makes sense um but anyways, just to clarify yeah sorry
1: just to clarify this is mostly territory that was captured in 1967 so it would yes. have previously been part of jordan and part of egypt respectively
0: yeah um okay. so uh Essentially though, Arafat said no to literally everything. Um, everyone involved in the meeting was like, he, he just said no to everything. He also did not come up with a counter offer, which is the reason that the whole thing was a failure. Bill Clinton later said that he, um, and I mean, you know, I don't know, like people could probably say that the U S was like biased in favor of Israel or whatever, but from the people that were involved in the summit, uh, it was very evident that Arafat was not actually interested in negotiating. Uh, the reasons are probably that he was afraid of things. He was probably afraid of his own people at that point, because, Mm -hmm. um, there is a history of (laughs) Arab leaders getting assassinated when they negotiate with Jews. So,
1: um, sorry to chime in again (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) so there's actually an episode of bojack horseman i don't know if any of you guys watch it um and this boat the horse bojack horseman is doing a signing for his new episode or book or whatever and Someone randomly asks, "What do you think about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict?" And there's a Palestinian guy there, and there's a rabbi there, and you see them both like get angry on their faces. And he's like, "Uh," and his manager's like, "Oh shit, like we're fucked." And then he's like, "I actually think Arafat made a huge mistake, and I think you know the best place to start is with a two-state solution that respects everyone's human
0: rights." And they all clapped, and that was just so funny to me. i mean we could have had that we could have had that i really think yeah but i i i mean i don't want to predict the future but i it seems like less and less of a possibility but uh anyways so this is kind of like the background right so the second intifada there are two stories for what prompted it the palestinian version is that in September of 2000, the opposition leader, the right-wing opposition leader of Israel, Ariel Sharon, visited Temple Mount, and that was considered a provocation. It probably was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to make a statement, I believe, um, and geopolitical experts believe, uh, because you just have the left-wing Israeli prime minister basically offer half of Jerusalem to Palestinians, Mm -hmm. So, this right-wing guy is going there to make a statement, you know, like, Jerusalem is ours. But there's a couple things to keep in mind, though. Number one, this visit was actually coordinated with the Palestinian Authority. So, (laughs) the Palestinian Authority gave him permission to go visit. The other thing to consider is that Temple Mount is the holiest site in Judaism. So, that is, you know, it's important Mm -hmm. to a lot of Jews. But anyway, the Israeli story is different. The Israeli story of what prompted the Intifada is that it was pre-planned, that Ariel Sharon's visit to Temple Mount was literally just an excuse. Here's the thing. (laughs) There's a lot of people in the Palestinian government and even Arafat's own widow later that pretty much said that the moment that Camp David had failed— Arafat was preparing the people in the government for some sort of uprising. So make of that what you will. Uh, In 2001, the Sharm uh, el-Sheikh fact-finding committee issued a thing called the Mitchell Report, which basically went and investigated what the hell happened. And they concluded that the Sherwin visit did not cause the intifada, but it was poorly timed. But here's what happened. The Intifada lasted from 2000 to 2005, and it was essentially an uprising, but it was way bigger in scale than anything that had ever happened before between Israelis and Palestinians. Um, They used a lot of the same tactics that they had used before, such as shooting, stabbings, hand grenades, car bombs, landmines, kidnappings uh but the biggest quote-unquote like new development was suicide bombings and the biggest difference between anything before is that these suicide bombings were strategically targeting civilian spaces which i want to reiterate is a war crime they would Mm -hmm. do it at hotels they would do it at malls they would do it at restaurants they would do it anywhere that was crowded Um, That was a civilian space. It was not military bases. It was not checkpoints for the most part. It was almost exclusively civilian spaces. 80% of the victims on the Israeli side of the Intifada were civilians. Yeah. And just to clarify,
1: um, we are not condoning, you know, attacks of soldiers, but just generally during war, the idea is civilians are not fair game they're not like doing anything they're not hurting anyone um right military checkpoints military posts things like that um you know by ethicists are they say they're generally fair game and Mm -hmm. if you think about it you know it makes sense why they would say that
0: right i mean like it's it's war is devastating anyways like in in any Mm -hmm. scenario but like uh Targeting civilians is just considered, like, just, that's unacceptable. Yeah. According to, like, the modern rules of war, if that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. A couple of, like, again, like, developments in this whole, like, suicide bombing spree was that for the first time, Palestinians were using children as suicide bombers and even pregnant women. Um, The youngest kid that tried to detonate a suicide bomb was 14, but he was stopped, Fuck. and yeah yeah like a lot of human rights groups were very outraged by this <laughs> obviously yeah it was basically five years of straight terror there were 141 suicide bombings during the intifada or during you know the the start and end of the intifada is, is sometimes like a little bit blurry but I'm counting mm-hmm. like 141 between 2000 and 2005 that's fucking yeah. crazy yeah, it was, it was constant. Um, the largest one was the Passover massacre in March of 2002, when a suicide bomber detonated at the Park Hotel in Netanya, killing um, 30 people and injuring 140 people. And mm-hmm. another thing that was also really common was nail bombs, which is essentially they put in like a bunch of nails with the explosives to cause as much damage as possible. So it was really, really horrendous um, is all I got to say on that.
1: That's um, a so lot. Yeah.
0: That <laughs> That's just- is-
1: yeah. Again, you're talking about, you know, an area the size of New Jersey. I feel like yeah. we have to like reiterate that. That's just mm-hmm. like I don't know. Like mind yeah. blowing.
0: As far as the deaths, uh over a thousand Israelis were Murdered. There was also like foreign workers, tourists. Um, 80% of these people were civilians. Um, there was a baby that was not even a day old that was murdered. Like, just really, really devastating stuff like that. Holocaust survivors. Um, on the Palestinian side, there were around a little bit less than 3,000 deaths. Um, mm-hmm. The it's harder to estimate the kind of, like, civilian versus combatant, like, breakdown yeah. from Palestinian deaths because uh, it's not as clear-cut as it is, you know, with, like, an IDF soldier versus a civilian. Yeah.
1: Um, like, if you have a 14-year-old, like, exactly. that's <laughs> Like, what do you do, you know? like Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, and... The thing is also like the most of the Palestinian deaths occurred because the way that the IDF would respond is was going through like from house to house like combat, trying to get the people that had planned these attacks, which would result in like street fighting and obviously the IDF was a lot more powerful um, than the Palestinians in that scenario, right so it the vast majority of Palestinians that died were men though, and uh, it's estimated that one-third to half of the dead were civilians. The Israelis have assigned like over 2,000 of the deaths to different like terrorist factions. So according to Israel, over 2,000 of the deaths were militant deaths um, or terrorists. Um, But you know, obviously some people are not going to trust what the IDF says. So I'm just kind (laughs) of giving all the information out there. Um, Mm -hmm. And Additionally, 600 Palestinians were killed at the hands of other Palestinians, usually because they suspected that they were collaborating oh my with yeah Oh god. Yeah, what the fuck? yeah it, it, was, it was horrendous. And here's the thing. <laughs> a lot of people suffered, Israelis, Palestinians, people that shouldn't have suffered. And mm-hmm. the Intifada resulted in a bunch of policies that make life for Palestinians today extremely hard. It caused the creation of the quote-unquote wall between Israel and the West Bank, which is Mm -hmm. 95% of the barrier is actually a fence, but let's call it a wall. There's the checkpoints, which are also the result of the Intifada, And I think most significantly is that for the first time since the 1980s, Israel started voting right-wing. Oh, wow. So (laughs) had all this not happened, these like super right-wing governments that we've had lately um, for Mm -hmm. the past 20 years probably would not have existed and would have resulted in different policies that would have drastically created a different situation on the ground for both israelis and palestinians i mean obviously you can't you don't know what happened like what would have what would have happened (laughs) but um
1: it definitely didn't help
0: no it didn't it 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 made things very different. Um, prior to the Intifada, there was, like, a lot of, like, day-to-day, like, interaction between Israelis and Palestinians. But mm-hmm. after the Intifada, Isra- most Israelis and Palestinians have, like, never met each other. Um, so, like, the only contact that most Palestinians have with Israelis is, like, IDF soldiers, you know?
1: That's really fucking crazy. And to call for that, like, <laughs> you're gonna it's, make like, it wild.
0: different, like... <laughs> situation like I'm not saying that before that like things were great for Palestinians obviously they were not but to I think everyone every expert that has assessed the situation can agree that things really deteriorate deteriorated for Palestinians um during and after the second intifada I I I, so I I don't know why people are calling for this but you know
1: yeah it's definitely if there were another intifada it wouldn't result in any good (laughs)
0: No, I wouldn't. Um, and the thing, the thing is, like, I've and you know, and like researching this stuff for the post that I was making, I was listening to a lot of um, like podcasts with like regional experts and stuff like that. Pretty much the consensus is that Israelis were extreme. I mean, we know this. We we were extremely traumatized by the Second Intifada. We were extremely traumatized because. It was supposed to be a peace process and it resulted mm-hmm. in that. Um, and that if there were to be another intifada, Israel would respond much quicker <laughs> and yeah. probably much more harshly than it did to the fir- to the second one. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not like a... <laughs> <I'm>, I can't <laughs> guess the future and I don't know but i'm just saying i just don't understand no good can come of this is what i'm saying um, absolutely
1: <laughs> like you're gonna have like you, you know israeli and palestinian mothers like crying for their kids it's just no yeah. go- there's like there's no other way to go about this no. um i mean fuck yeah like so
0: <laughs> I don't know. It was was like, it was a really, it really shaped my childhood. Um, Do you want to talk more about that? Yeah, sure. So I did not live in Israel at the time anymore, but my dad um, would have to go to work, like literally a lot uh, to Israel and to see his parents. Um, And at home, I remember, obviously this was like, not before the internet, but, like, before the internet <laughs> as it is today. Like, I remember we got, like, direct TV, DirecTV, TV, and, uh, we were, like, able to get the Israeli news channel because, like, obviously no other fucking channel gave a Yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they still don't. That hasn't changed. <laughs> so, like, if, if we wanted to know, or if my parents wanted to know what the fuck was happening, they had to get the Israeli channel. Um. But it was, like, constantly on. And it was, like, literally every week just images and images of, like, bombed-out buses and malls and restaurants and, like, pools of blood and, like, constant, just constant images Mm -hmm. of that, which is, you know, as an adult, I'm like, that's extremely traumatic for a child to, like, grow up just seeing that constantly, first of all. Um, I remember, like, one of the things that, like, always – it just really stuck with me is that after every single suicide bombing, there would be like uh, religious Jews that would volunteer to like assemble body parts so that, um, Fuck. so that because you know you're supposed to be buried whole in mm-hmm. Judaism, I guess, <laughs> and um. So they, like, it was, like, literally, like, volunteer crews of, like, religious Jews would go and, like, assemble body parts to try to, like, piece bodies back together. And that has, like, always just really, mm-hmm. really affected me for some reason. I don't know why, but, um... I mean, I can see why. <laughs> yeah, well it just, like, that specifically really bothered me yeah as a child, and it still does. Um, and it, w- it was usually also, like, religious Jews that did not, um enlist in the IDF, um, because they didn't have to, because they were religious. Mm -hmm. Um, but they would do this instead. Um... That's a lot. Yeah. So, uh, most of the Intifada, like, I spent it watching it on TV. But Mm then in... Oh, when my dad would like travel back it was just like horrendous like every time i just I'm sure I, I was like he's not coming back and just like my family was constantly talking about it constantly seeing images of this it was like extremely not a healthy environment yeah um, that's definitely not like um yeah like aw. literally every shabbat was like did you see what happened in israel this week and it's like oh my god um and Anyway, in 2005, so when the Intifada was coming to an end, um, I went to Israel to compete at the Maccabiah Games because I was a gymnast. So, yeah, I I was in Israel, and we would basically go to, like, training sessions or, like, competition. And then mm-hmm. when we were not doing that, we would go to the mall because we – that was fun. I don't know. That's what we did and um at one of those times a suicide bomber basically uh, detonated killed five people two of them were about my age and injured another 90 um 90 holy yeah. shit um and that's i mean it's that's always stuck with me. Like, I feel like there's a lot... Like, I've been on the receiving end of missiles, like, a bunch of times. But mm-hmm. there's, like, a level of security with the Iron Dome. That yeah. We are so very fortunate to have. Or, like, bomb shelters. But something mm-hmm. like a suicide bombing is just... There's no protection for yeah. it. Um, And it, so it just, like, hits you, like, on such a, like deeper level if that makes any sense no absolutely
1: that makes a lot of sense that's
0: and it's just hard to talk about because like then you're also like well i you know luckily i was not i did not die. <laughs> i did not get hurt and I so
1: yeah
0: totally um so i'm like is like this like even my story to tell i don't know i
1: mean i think it means a lot that you're like willing to um you know, talk about it and because like, there's nothing like it. Like, I don't know what happened. Like I wasn't there, not Israeli, even if I was like, I was very young. Yeah. And I think a lot of people right now on Instagram, at least like maybe like around my generation and they don't understand. I mean, I don't know, even like, I don't know if Israelis like are, you know, are, um, I feel like there's a lot of Americans on Instagram. I don't know how many Israelis are on Instagram, but like, or J Twitter or whatever. (laughs) Um, I don't know because you're in an environment where everyone is experiencing it. Whereas when you're in the diaspora, like no one understands unless a, they're Jewish or B they also have, you know, family in Israel or, um, any friends anything like that
0: yeah i think also like a lot of younger kids and i feel like also a lot of jewish younger kids um just they have grown up seeing israel's response to the intifada but not the intifada itself so it's always the response so they see this extremely harsh response in their eyes right (laughs) but they don't know (laughs) what caused it like why israel responded as it did do i think israel has responded perfectly no but um i also think for example that stuff like building the barrier is one of the few things that the israeli left and right were agreeing on at the time you know now there's like different views on it but like Mm -hmm. at the time everyone was like well Absolutely, like we can't. Yeah. People keep blowing up buses every week.
1: (laughs) I mean, now it's also far removed. Like, it's very different when you're going through it and when you are not. I mean, that's like why it's so good we're having this conversation because we're like different ages. Like, I don't get it. Uh I'll never get it like you do. And. You know a bunch of jews agreeing that's also quite rare
0: yeah no <laughs> so, it, it, it completely shifted israeli society like I, I don't think people understand like the israeli like psyche at the time was so very different like the 90s were actually quite a hopeful period for israelis at least in terms of like peace um, yeah because
1: you have all these deals you know coming yeah. up and you
0: yeah they, they really, you know, they thought we were moving forward, and instead it just kind of like led to like the worst period um, or one of the worst periods in Israeli history. So um, yeah, I mean, I feel like Israelis just became like completely like disillusioned in the idea of ever negotiating with Palestinians. um and frankly, like within reason, I mean, like the whole Intifada Arafat was talking out of both sides of his mouth like mm-hmm. I mean this is like on tape he's saying yeah. one thing in English and a different thing in Arabic right so, like Al Jazeera today yeah <laughs> like, like <literally>. AJ Plus. <laughs> literally um, uh, it's really like chilling to mm-hmm. see these for lack of a better term idiots <laughs> I think that's a great term. (laughs) Congregating in broad daylight in the year of our Lord, 2022, (laughs) in broad daylight in New York City, chanting for a thing that, like, literally resulted in thousands of deaths of civilians, including Mm. babies, that were literally not even a day old. Yeah. Um, I don't understand it, and it's what's more I mean I I, like I don't know what to say because I feel like when I talk about anti-semitism like I'm a person whose politics obviously lean left and my friends lean left and whatever the people I interact with lean left um and I see my friends. If there's a white supremacist attack on Jews, they're absolutely going to jump on that and talk about it. Oh, this! <laughs> but this, they're scared to. They're scared to because they don't want to be labeled as anti-Palestinian and I like Islamophobic. Exactly, and it just frustrates me to no end because if you knew anything about the history of the Intifada, you would know that it not only scarred me for life, but also really worsened and d- deteriorated the situation for Palestinians. Um, mm. So I don't fucking get it. It, it. So that's what I mean. Like, it's all fucking objects. Um,
1: yeah, no, it is. And even, so- like, I feel like you hear Israeli, you think Jewish, but, like, I'm sure there was a lot of, like, Arab-Israeli casualties. Like... Do you hate Jews more than you love, like, Palestinians or Israeli Arabs? Like, I don't. There's something that's, like, not clicking, for me, at least. I don't know. No, it
0: just—I I feel like it—I mean, I, I think—I really do think this is what I, it is. Like, people are afraid to appear to be Islamophobic or anti-Palestinian or yeah. anything outside of, like, the racial-slash-religious dynamics of mm-hmm. the West,
1: and, you're and right. specifically because, the
0: United States.
1: Yeah, I remember in January, there was the um, hostage situation, and we don't name names, but someone posted how terrible, like, right-wing um, anti-Semitism was, and, like, this must have caused, you know, the hostage situation, and it actually turned out it was not a right-wing Crazy yeah. or Nazi or whatever. It was actually like, it was um motivated, like, it was like terrorism motivated. And um he, and I responded to him. It was actually a British guy. And I was like, this isn't even American. He deleted the tweet. So I'm pretty, I don't know how to feel about that. um But no, I used to, th- I once thought that, um, it's because things happen in Israel that people don't want to talk about them for the fear of being labeled a certain way. But it's it, it surprised me because even in America, like, maybe it's a Jewish thing. Maybe if it was, like, something like the Boston bombing or something like that, it would be different. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, I mean, but, like...
0: But- I don't know either. I think it's a combination of things. I think, obviously, anti-Semitism is super, like pervasive and like ingrained into like everyone even if they don't think so mm-hmm. but i also think that like we've like i feel like i'm gonna sound like freaking like candace owens or something it's fine so I mean to sound like <laughs> at all but i do think that <laughs> in terms of like the activism slash social justice world we've like created this environment where like people are afraid to ask questions and kind of stray from what other people are saying, Um, and I don't think that's activism anymore, and I don't think that's education anymore. I think that's doctrine, and I think that's dangerous. I think that uh, ideologies should never come at the, like, cost of human beings, and if we're doing that, then we're doing something wrong. Um,
1: No, you're right. You need to have You know, you have to have people questioning. You have to have people. I don't know. You have to be able to. This is like, so I don't even. (laughs) You have to be able to like. Criticize, ask questions, things like that, because right now you have a situation where like it's touchy. So you like shouldn't or you can't um, ask it. I just feel like. You know, when it comes to people who have family there and people who are like dealing with it firsthand, it's more difficult. And I think this is the whole thing with like the Olivia or the Paisley who will introduce later. Like, I think this is the whole thing with American exceptionalism.
0: I feel like Paisley is a way better name. If if we can't use Emily, it's got to be Paisley.
1: Yeah, I do. Should I introduce Paisley or yes, like do what? it? <laughs> Okay. okay, so if you follow me on Instagram, if you don't, you should because I want I want my followers. I probably don't <laughs> include that, um, but um, if you, know you follow what? You just me, gotta be honest. I just gotta be. I mean, who doesn't? Right? Right? Like I don't know. Um, if you've been following me for a while, I think my first ever meme was Olivia from Kappa Kappa Gamma assuring a Jewish person that Hamas rockets were not that dangerous. Olivia is an interesting character. She's in Kappa Kappa Gamma, a sorority that I Googled. I don't know anything about the sorority. Please don't, like, (laughs) go crazy at me. I, it just flows, Olivia from Kappa Kappa Gamma. We've discussed this. Her parents are very wealthy. She has a MacBook Pro. She's traveled the world. Um... And she's very ignorant of her surroundings. She's in a sorority, as I said. Um, and she just does activism because it's cool, it's the thing. Um, she tells people not to worry. It's okay. Must rockets are justified. Um, they're not that dangerous. They're, I quote, like pebbles hitting a mountain.
0: <laughs> um, Wait, someone actually said that? <clears throat>
1: Oh, yeah, someone said that to me. Oh She's never gonna hear this. I mean, if she does, like, I'd be pretty happy, but <laughs> she isn't gonna. Um, yeah, that was something big that stuck with me.
0: Like, Paisley. Hitting a mountain.
1: I literally bombarded her. Like, I know, like, you're like meant to put trigger warnings. To
0: the people that, like, lost their babies. Right?
1: I actually, I talked about this on my Instagram, <laughs> and then someone comments, like, me from the bottom shelter like wow that's a really big pebble (laughs) um okay so paisley is a very different character paisley is very angsty but i i do think she truly cares
0: you think paisley cares
1: i think paisley cares on some level i think her anger is more um i think her anger overlooks her caring i don't think she cares about Hamas using human shields. I don't think she cares about checkpoints. <laughs> um, I do think she cares when Hamas rockets hit Israelis. I don't think she cares when Hamas rockets hit Palestinians in Gaza. And Paisley is doing this because she truly believes that this is the, you know, this is the right thing to do. This is the moral thing to do. Olivia is just doing it because it's cool. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i mean paisley's pretty fucked you should check her out i feel like there's a difference between like i don't know the betrayal of like seeing people around us how they react to mm-hmm. shit going on and the actual shit going on i don't know did you want me to
0: um like, yeah i mean you can that? go into that
1: Okay, cool. (laughs) I so last year my parents were in Israel when all Mm -hmm. the rockets were happening. It was very scary. It was I don't think I slept for like two weeks. Um, and obviously we would only hear things from when Israel retaliated, specifically Mm -hmm. pebbles at the mountain. Pebbles. Specifically, (laughs) there is only there is no two sides. That really pissed. I think that really started out like N (laughs) J G um there is no two sides it's not a conflict don't say israeli victims say like settlers or whatever the fuck it said i'm sure right. you guys all know the post um
0: wait is that like q48 return post that was
1: no that was like one of them <laughs> that was, remember the one with the oil it was like it's all about
0: oil <laughs> wait there was one with oil
1: <laughs> there was one there was one about oil like it was oh like God. it's because like we don't have the oil like there's literally, like
0: i don't and know do these <laughs> do these people think there's oil in israel
1: <laughs> like apparently i'm gonna find the post for you i'm like oh this definitely wasn't a dream like i'm not gaslighting myself like someone <laughs> said something about how Israel <laughs> <stole> the oil <laughs> anyway um i no. yeah so my parents were there I wasn't there. I have a lot of friends there. I have, you know, extended family there. Mm-hmm. And there's an element of guilt. So it's like, well, this isn't happening to me. But I I don't know. People in, like, Israel, like, might not notice. This. Like, obviously, they're dealing with bigger things. But I think there's just something really different and really unique about the, I don't know, the pain that comes from seeing people that you know every, that you pass every day, like your acquaintances, people you go to school with, people you work with, saying, if they say nothing at all, they say nothing at all. But if they are saying stuff about Palestinians and they're not saying stuff about Israelis and Jews, I think that really is a different kind of betrayal and hurt that yeah. I haven't experienced. I grew up in a Jewish, very Jewish community, And I think this was 2021 was like the worst of the flare ups, Mm -hmm. flare ups. I don't even, yeah, flare ups. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I think my parents were there again, they're in Tel Aviv. Like I had luckily a reasonable expectation that they would be safe, But I don't think I've recovered from the trauma that was watching everyone I know feel like they were turning on me. I don't know if that, yeah. and again, I don't want to sound like, oh, poor me, because it was much worse, obviously, for Israelis or even people who no, bad, I family,
0: mean, like, the word in television. You're seeing people not care about Jews in, like, real time. Like, I feel like people mm. have this expectation that this is the kind of shit that happened in the Holocaust, but, like, that yeah. nowadays, if something were to happen to Jews, people would care. Um, it's an
1: indication for sure like you know if you're not gonna say anything about jews being targeted like now why would you say it
0: it's i, I don't i don't know it's you know? really awful i mean people saying something people not saying it's like honestly sometimes i would be afraid when, when things get bad i'm like afraid to like look at social yeah. media i'm afraid to click on my friends' stories because mm. I'm afraid of what I'm going to see. Like,
1: which, that, yeah,
0: which, you know, like, obviously in the, like, big picture, like, that doesn't really matter as much as, like, you know, human lives. But it's, it's really traumatic to, like, see that this is happening to you and to, like, your mm. people. And then people either just completely don't care or they're buying into a narrative that is, like... So full of anti-Semitism that it's like impossible yeah. to like penetrate. um and then not only that, but they have convinced themselves that they're doing it for like morally just reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of like makes me think that's the scariest part about (laughs) it honestly which is like there's so much precedent in jewish history of like jewish persecution being framed as social justice
1: especially i feel like in like soviet jews like like with nazis it was all right-wing obviously but but
0: but even then they the nazis thought that like the or the the narrative that they were pushing is that they were trying to like help Germany for what had been done to Germany as a result of world war one. Like as though Jews had Mm -hmm. put Germany in this horrible like (laughs) economic situation or whatever the fuck. Um, I
1: know this is like really off topic, but it's actually really funny because we're such like a minuscule, you know, portion of the population like if we wanted to like even if we wanted to like fuck up the economy we wanted to do anything like that like you really think we could like with this tiny percentage it doesn't make any sense
0: it really doesn't it does not and the ridiculous amount of like exposure that like israel palestine gets as opposed to, like, hmm. everything else going on in the globe is also, like, so disproportionate. That's ridiculous. But, That's scary. Um, yeah. I mean... It says a lot. Right, like, I, like there's, like, this thing where, like, th- like more people had di- died in, like, a week of the Syrian civil war than in, like, literally the entirety of the Israeli-Arab conflict, and yet <laughs> the Israeli... Arab conflict gets more exposure. Like I don't know. Um, it's crazy.
1: I have yeah. this thing. Sorry, should I No go for it. <laughs> I have this thing. It's um it's a I think it's a highlight. Yeah, it's a highlight on my profile. Um I've talked about the Freedom Index before. It's yeah I'm a huge cool. nerd. It's my favorite thing to look at. The percentage of you know, democracy and human I just think that's really cool. Anyway, um, I did one on the surrounding countries of Israel. I think Mm -hmm. Israel has, like, high 70s, I said. The countries around Israel are, like, not democracies. They're not free countries. And just Mm -hmm. when you look at it and you see, like, Israel is free and all these other places aren't free. And if you – I mean, I recommend, like, looking at, you know, all the shit that happens in the surrounding countries. It's, like, you are choosing this one. Like, why? (laughs) Why? And there's no other logical conclusion than yeah. it's anti-Semitism. Like, what? It, I don't know. I, I think about so that, this, not like, probably like, like, like,
0: 24-7. That's not to, like, diminish, like, the suffering of Palestinians. Absolutely. Obviously, they are. Um, but it's just interesting The like, the the standards that are placed upon israel in comparison to like Mm. literally every other country in the world um yeah and i think the most frustrating part of it is that then people get to convince themselves that their problem is not with jews it's with israel (laughs) as though half of the world's jews don't (laughs) live in israel but whatever
1: Um, i think another interesting thing is like with israel i feel like it's like Oh, they're doing this terrible policy. They're doing this, you know. They're committing like I'm sorry. They're not committing. They're you know enacting these shit policies that hurt Palestinians. Instead of oh, they should stop doing that. It's like abolish Israel. Like I can't yeah. think of another country that's like no,
0: it's, it's it's abolished. It's How is outrageous. that the next step you're
1: taking? <laughs>
0: yeah, is, it's a little extreme, huh? Um, For sure. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's, it's become so easy to not have to confront your anti-Semitism because you really convinced yourself that your problem was with the country Israel.
1: <laughs> they um, really did. And they convinced everyone else too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So gonna tell <laughs> a story about Mr. Roots's, Mr. Roots's coworker. <laughs> um, a former coworker, thankfully, um, good. What happy about that. He uh, called me the funniest insults of my life, and I need to talk about this. Um, so, do you remember? Was it last year when the Palestinian uh, Palestinian prisoners escaped from an Israeli prison? That was September 2021. That was September 2021. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy who is a white guy. Of course Um, Mm -hmm. Living in uh, Berkeley If you know anything about Berkeley You know
1: I don't, I'm on the East Coast (laughs) I mean I'm sure people here know But you gotta give me some context Yeah,
0: Berkeley's where Olivia's from
1: Amazing
0: He worked with Mr. Roots And like a while back I no longer, to clarify I no longer live in Berkeley So don't like try to stalk me (laughs) So this coworker of Mr. Roots posted in his story, the, when this whole Palestinian prisoner thing happened, he posted solidarity with the Palestinian prisoners that escaped the Israeli prison. I saw that Mm. (laughs) and I could not help myself because it just pissed me off so much as it should it it made me livid because i'm like here's this white guy who like literally has never heard a bomb siren has never known war has never known anything and Mm -hmm. he's just he's olivia literally And and so i responded I'm reading okay. the Palestinian prisoners that were partially responsible for the suicide bombing that could have killed me when I was 14. As in, they claimed responsibility. And then in the next story, he had said, "Check out Al Jazeera for more." <laughs> Jesus, could you like do and dig your hole deeper? Try. <laughs> so I responded, "The Al Jazeera that is funded by the Qatari state." Nice.
1: amazing
0: and so i will read what he said he said i'm so sorry for your trauma and the horrific things that you've lived through no you're not (laughs) my respect for you and care for your safety and well-being does not need to conflict with my desire for the palestinian people to be free from a theocratic state violence theocratic it wasn't my intention to trigger you or summon this sort of outcry With that acknowledged, your survival of terror attacks doesn't diminish my solidarity for others who have similarly survived terror attacks at the hands of Israeli citizens, nor do the terror attacks that my Palestinian friends have lived through diminish my solidarity with you and my other Israeli friends who've experienced violence. Thanks for your patronizing response to my story. And I, said, bid and, and I said forbid you
1: should patronize him.
0: And I said but you're supporting child murderers here not the liberation <laughs> of Palestine. And I said I hope you have a good day and I hope that you think about the privilege you're coming from as a white person living in Berkeley who I predict has never heard a bomb in their life. And then he said <laughs> You seem to have forgotten how kind you and Mr. Roots were to me when we were neighbors, but I haven't. What? What? It is out of that memory and love for you that I am dignifying your insolence and vitriol with a response. Amazing. Yes. Oh, I forgot. Earlier I had said, because he was like, well, what about Palestinians that have experienced violence at the hands of Israeli citizens? So I said, that's like, uh, if someone told you I was sexually assaulted, if, uh, you responded, well, what about the person your brother sexually assaulted? So, so his response to all of that was, you seem to have forgotten how kind you and Mr. Roose were to me when we were neighbors, neighbors, but I haven't, it is out of that memory and love for you that I am dignifying your insolence and in vitriol with a response. I will not forget that you took the opportunity to attack my trauma and history of sexual assault in text. Um. What? That was the end of that? <sighs> Only an American could
1: say when that shit.
0: Pers- what? Like,
1: I- as if you would know? Oh
0: really? Oh my god. Uh, it was so weird. I was just like... That's a lot. I Literally, I was... Com- I was talking about what, what aboutism and why, if a person tells you they were sexually assaulted, you're not like, well, your brother sexually assaulted that person. And he what aboutismed you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> apparently, I was making fun of his sexual trauma, which obviously I did not know about because I was barely friends with this person. Yeah, because Mr. Roots
1: you he literally did an Uno reverse.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah
1: i literally i can't i'm done i'm done like with america that's
0: that's so like exemplary of what happens with like western leftists when you mm. try to like educate them they just start speaking out of their ass no for
1: sure and this is not <laughs> even like a western leftist thing like if i think back because i grew up in a very jewish community like i never thought I feel like teenage NJG was probably the equivalent of Olivia, just because, like, (laughs) I'm oppositional by nature. Uh. So, everything I'm being caught, I'm like, well, what happened first? Like, it can't really be that they're using human shields and everyone's again, stuff like that. I just, it's such a fucking
0: privileged
1: and. I just. West, like, I
0: don't know. I don't understand. The because I again I was saying you know support Palestinians all you want like that's Mm -hmm. phenomenal good job like great yeah good for you but you are quite literally supporting solidarity with people that murdered children
1: yeah like that's what you're doing you're
0: you're not you're not supporting a cause you're supporting people that murdered children
1: yeah and it's Um, crazy to like equate the two as well right
0: like like I, I. refuse to do that like i i personally refuse to like diminish the palestinian cause to the murder of children that's yeah something a big, absolutely
1: absolutely that's yeah i mean i feel like that's what even like you know far right israeli of oil- i don't know yeah. all right i do i if that's, oh, that's no!
0: They, i mean they definitely do trust me they do yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you've seen my dms but uh there's there's some right wingers in there can i just say i at least in
1: my experience i like i say this from someone like i got a dm like a lefty dm today that was awful that was like basically fuck you fuck your people whatever uh, today I, today yeah I, I yeah I, I'll send it to you later um <laughs> I for the most part the worst interactions I have with people are on the right like homophobic. Really? yeah I mean
0: it's the opposite like
1: I, think, I do feel that way I don't know
0: I think okay here's what I think I think that when people are like right wing like zealots mm-hmm. I don't take them seriously enough for them to bother me
1: Oh, I do. I'm so bad with that. I'm like, I don't know. Like, if some, like, if someone messages me something homophobic, please, if you're homophobic, you're like, don't take this as an opportunity. But I, if, I just can't not. Like, I can't See, not. I'm I, the worst. Yeah, I don't know. I think, uh,
0: to me, it just doesn't get to me when it's whether it's like a right wing like nazi or a right wing jew that's like super like hardcore zionist anti antisemitic oh, like those just don't get to me because i'm just like i i your opinion means like zilch to
1: me i think it gets to me when it's a right wing jew that's like you are a piece of shit like you are fucking <laughs> like fuck you lesbian bit like you know the the huge. like yeah
0: shit like that
1: but if it's like a nazi i'm like you do you
0: see i think just for me i i think it's because i so deeply want to be able to relate to other people on the left because Uh i agree with them on so many issues that when like yeah they're anti-semitic like that just fucking hurts man like i don't know
1: you're right you're I, i feel like it does it's weird because when i see like someone on the left like someone that I know maybe I know them that's why like it hurts deeply but when I see someone on the right I just like feel the need to like engage and be like fuck you like you can come to my wedding and like watch me like
0: Make See, out like, with my girlfriend. For like, me it's the opposite. I feel the need to engage with these people on the left, which honestly are so hard to talk to sometimes because they're so they like I said, they put like their ideology over like human life.
1: Yeah, um, they do and they think that they're, you know, they can dictate.
0: Yeah, and they think they're like morally superior for it, which I don't understand. Oh, it's <laughs> But um yeah. That plays- yeah. I-, I don't know. I I I find it a lot easier to block like right-wingers. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it's difficult because I feel like a lot of the time they might be not necessarily people you know, but people you, like, share, you yeah. know, values and morals with. I mean, with me, like, I feel like it's people that, like, will be like, oh, cool, like, you're gay, like, amazing, instead of, like, haha, fuck you, like, I'm gonna fucking right. kill you, like, yeah, you know, you're a disgrace to Judaism and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't know. I don't
1: know. It's weird. It's a it's it's a very interesting thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think
0: I I don't know. I, I also feel like I the the hardest for me to ignore is stuff coming from Palestinians. Because I legitimately want yeah. to dialogue. Like legitimately I want to talk to them. And because I like I've said this a million times yeah. before, but like the, I see two paths to this whole thing. It's either we fight ourselves to death or we talk. And so... I think um, that's a really good way to look at it. I mean, there's no... Like, like, th- those yeah. are the two options. Options, and, yeah. And so, like, when I get DMs from Palestinians, like, I almost always want to, like, engage, Um and there, I've had, like, really, really difficult interactions that have turned out really well, Um, but then there's some people that j- you just legitimately, like, can't talk to, and those are always, like, super hard for me. Those are, like, the DMs that I rarely just, like, outright, like, block. Yeah. And, but if it's, like, a Nazi or, like, a right-wing, <laughs> like, fuck you know everyone who's not religious Jew Zionist mm-hmm. person I will block them very easily
1: <laughs> yeah no for sure I feel like if you do talk to like the average person average Palestinian whatever like we would want the same things like yeah we would want you know um what the things that come with the checkpoints and the humiliation and stuff like that and we wouldn't want I'm, like, no expert in Israeli law, I digress, but, like, certain laws that are shit, like, we wouldn't want that, we would want peace. And I think that's, like, one of the most important but also difficult things. Like, I think on, like, there's, there's so much hostility, it's difficult to come together, but I yeah. think there is a level where we wo- both want to be a, like, democracy and say what we want and... Right you know like basic human decency and rights and i think there's a lot of places yeah you would say like that's fucked up the government shouldn't do-. like totally i think we agree yeah no like, like
0: honestly I, those like those conversations are always like the most rewarding but they're like the most mm-hmm. emotionally difficult um, yeah but i like want them like i feel like i'm putting myself out there as like a jewish educator and i do like talk about israel sometimes and like Mm -hmm. i i want to have those conversations um but it's really hard and because i have had good experiences with those conversations i also am always trying to be hopeful that the people that i talk to are going to be receptive but then there's some people that like are just too like you just can't um
1: yeah there's some you just like you know i don't know i hate letting shit go because like I hold grudges and I hold things <laughs> but like sometimes you just gotta yeah. think fuck I don't know
0: it sucks I, though,
1: but- yeah no yeah. it does I had a really good conversation with someone actually last year about this she had friends she had friends in Israel um I was like posting about stuff she was posting about stuff I said to her like like what you're posting is fucked and she had a really good conversation and she said if more conversations were like this, you know, the conflict would have been solved, and then like a week later she unfollowed me. So like I mean, I don't,
0: <laughs> do it <laughs> that way you will, yeah, but um oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I really do think like I mean, I feel like we're getting onto like a whole other topic right now, but I just I really do think it starts with like conversations between like regular people, but um, no, it does. Some people, that that's why, like, the fact that, like, during, after the second Intifada, like, Jews and Palestinians became so, like, polarized and, like, so not interacting on a daily basis anymore, mm-hmm. that really shifted, like, the landscape, like, it just really changed things, um, to a degree I'm sure it I think did. most young people can't really understand, um,
1: Do you have any idea what it was like before? Like, I don't know.
0: I mean, obviously I was, like, really young, but I just... Yeah, you were young, so, like, also But but I do, like, remember, like, there was, like, such a, like, greater level of interaction and, like, going into Gaza, or, like, which obviously Jews can't do anymore, or uh, going into the West Bank, um, and just, like, people, um, from the West Bank, like, working in Israel proper, like, a lot more, Mm -hmm. um... And by Israel proper, I mean, like, the 67 um, Yeah Borders um, We'll do a length thing Yeah, but I don't know uh, It's just, it's just very yeah. different Like, I, <laughs> I remember, like, going into places And doing things that I would never do anymore um, That's crazy Because of the political situation, which sucks
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like one day we'll definitely talk about you know like post intifada and the withdrawal from gaza and stuff yeah but um just the whole thing is fucking crazy honestly so thank you so much for listening um yeah we really appreciate it we really enjoyed doing this for you guys it's a lot of fun and eat shit intifada
0: You wanna talk shit is hosted by Roots Metals and Neurotic Jewish Gay. You can follow them both on Instagram for more content. Production and editing by Zef Herwish.